Mm. I want to help you, but Taffy says it's a waste of time to try and fix a boy. It's better just accept a guy's flaws. Oh, that's so cute. Hi. Welcome to a Bomb Squad Matinee, episode number 15. I'm your host of Master of Ceremony, and with me I have... Hi! I put the Stein in Frankenstein. I'm Tim. I drew the Cyclops. I'm Rain. I don't have a joke. Hello. Your life's a joke. Kidding. I love you, buddy. Um, <laughs> that was mean. Uh, and today, we're talking about a movie uh, that is definitely dripped in uh, a certain subculture of the 1980s, uh, and may or may not take place in the 1980s. Wasn't as sure about that one. Uh, our first 2024 movie of the year. Uh, Robin Williams' daughter, Zelda Williams' directorial debut, written by the great Diablo Cody, Lisa Frankenstein. Um, this should be a very fun episode. As you can tell, this is a movie that was written by a woman, directed by a woman, stars a woman, and we are five men. So let's just get right into it. What kind of expectations we had going into the movie, starting with Austin. Uh, yeah, I was just very uh, happy from the moment I saw the trailer for this. It was one of those where I pointed, and I was like, Husband, we're seeing this one. Not not a thing that's negotiable. Uh, because I've been a fan of Diablo Cody ever since I first saw Juno, which was the first date I ever took a girl on. That was a fucking mistake. Uh, but I really like Diablo Cody's kind of quirky brand of writing, and the trailer looked real stylish. Looked like it was going to be an excellent debut feature from the one and only fucking Zelda Williams. So a lot of stuff about this looked interesting uh, before I even walked into the feature film. I was really hyped buying a ticket, and uh, yeah, I, I had really high expectations for this. Back to you, Tanner. Thank you very much, Austin. Let's go to someone who hasn't been on the pod in a while. Rain. Hello, I'm back. Hopefully more consistently, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, my expectations coming in. Uh, I haven't seen Juno. I'm probably the only person here who hasn't seen it. Just I just haven't gotten around to it. The fuck? Um, but I love Jennifer's body. Great. Um, I feel like when you're a guy who likes Jennifer, you have to be like like with an asterisk. Like, I'm not like not because I'm weird, <laughs> because it's a good, clever, good movie. But um, I am weird, but it's for different reasons. Yeah, not in like the creepy way but um he's like oh well, Diablo Cody all right um she hasn't done anything in a while I'm ready for this my girlfriend was super excited for it I think um she was even more excited for it than I was um when she saw the trailer um so it's like well I'm gonna I was kind of um the reverse of Austin's thing where I mean I was already gonna want to see it but like now it's like oh well now it's non-negotiable um yeah I was pretty pretty darn hyped like a minus hype uh back to you Tanner you're Austin's husband yeah, yeah I, I, I dragged him by the collar, fucking to see this from Los Angeles. That was my takeaway from Rain Spiel, is that Austin and Rain are married. I didn't know. Congrats. thought Rain was straight. Mazel tov. <laughs> Every time, okay, I have a confession to make. Every time someone says Mazel tov, my brain immediately plays a clip from the 2009 smash hit by the Black Eyed Peas, I Got a Feeling, because at some point in that song, they all go, Mazel tov! And that's all I can well, think I'm of. I don't know yeah, if that's, that's anti-Semitic. Jewish people, that's where they got it from was the Black Eyed Peas song. They're like, that's a pretty good thing. I, you know what? I do remember that. So I read a lot of religious texts in high school, and now that I think about it, I do definitely remember the part of the Torah where it goes, my humps, my humps, my humps, my humps, my lovely lady lumps. And uh, I'm bordering on hate crime territory. Tim, save me. What were your expectations? <laughs> 
So yeah, that this this movie looked pretty fun from the trailer. Um, obviously, Diablo Cody is the big draw for a lot of people. Admittedly, I'm not super versed in her work. Uh, like I've seen a couple of uh, stuff that she's written, and uh, I think she's solid. Uh, I, I I will I do have to admit that um, I, I do have to at least attribute part of my like fascination with extreme horror to Diablo Cody at a young age because of. The scene in Judo where uh, Jason Bateman is showing uh, Elliot Page the Wizard of Gore. Uh, so I'm just like, I need to know what the hell this is. So so there's that. Um, yeah, uh, Jennifer's Body, also a very fun movie. And um, I, was, I was just interested to see where this one was going to go. It looked very stylish, uh, very fun. Uh, and uh, what did I think of it? We'll find out later. Back to you, Tanner. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, Joe, skipping you, moving on to our thoughts on the movie. Joe, go ahead. At some Someday I will get sick of my skipping Joe bit, but that day is not today. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, and the, the day that that happens and that bit's over with is the day that you die. Mm, because right. I will have killed... Because, oh, okay. Yeah, because I will... Have, I was going to say, because I will have killed you. Can you hurry up? Uh, I'm 26 now. A fun fact, we're recording this on my birthday... And I think I've seen everything I need to see. I'm ready to wrap it up. He's just a little birthday right, happy, boy. I'm just a birthday happy, boy. <laughs> all right, happy birthday, Tanner. Let's get a, let's get my thoughts over with so we can talk about this movie. Why did I want to see this movie? Other than it looks really good based on the trailers. Uh, everyone's said this reason, um, and I especially said this reason. That's why I was championing championing that we talk about this. Uh, Diablo fucking Cody. If you've somehow lived under a rock or just were not listening to the uh, the previous guys talking, um, the Diablo Cody, writer of Juno, Jennifer's Body, Young Adult, a uh, really good fucking writer. One of my, honestly, I would probably say outside of uh, James Gunn, Quentin Tarantino, probably my third favorite screenwriter. Uh, uh, Diablo Cody definitely had an influence on Sheena Secret. Uh, big time. Uh, there's there's a reason why I have a hamburger phone in both Purple Stuff and Sheena Secret. Um, uh, Juno had a very profound effect on me growing up. Uh, it's a movie that I watched constantly growing up. I uh, could probably quote that movie like offhand, uh, back front to back. Uh, that, that's how much I've seen that movie. That's how much I love that movie. Uh, Jennifer's body, not so much, but that, that movie fucking rules. And I'm going to say this rain. It's like, even if you uh, did see it for, uh, creepy reasons, one, they marketed that way, which they've been very candid about hating that they marketed that way. However, they are very happy that you would have at least seen the movie for those reasons, because it meant you saw the movie and they love that movie. And rightfully so that's a good fucking movie. Uh, Jennifer's body, go watch it. Uh, don't be a creep about it, though. Um, so yeah, uh, Diablo Cody had to fucking see it just for her. Uh, didn't care so much for Zelda Williams as a director, um, and this being her first feature, but uh, it's cool to see uh, the daughter of Robin Williams take up uh, directing. So let, let's see where that goes. Uh, my thoughts on the movie. We'll talk about that later. Back to you, Tanner. All right. Uh, so I'll just get real quick with it. I, uh, I'm a sucker for um, a, a very kind of like niche type of subgenre, which has had many names. Uh, I think I've heard it most consistently called the quote unquote Zom 
rom-com, zom-rom-com, <laughs> which is a romantic comedy that is also kind of a horror movie. I think this first kind of came into mainstream vogue, at least in my head, uh, with the 2013 movie starring Nicholas Holt. Joe, help me. Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies, thank you. Um, another, uh, I, I, I like that movie. I don't know how you guys feel. I like that movie. I recommend that movie. Um, so much good. It's like movie. so much so. Tanner loves this movie so much so that he got drunk one New Year's Eve and demanded that we watch Warm Bodies. But then we wound up watching Seventeen again. Wait, did I actually <laughs> demand we watch Warm Bodies? Yeah, you wanted to watch Warm Bodies, um, but no, no. Here's here's what happened. You wanted to watch Warm Bodies, but we couldn't find it on Netflix, so we started playing Pineapple Express. And then you got uncomfortable because James Franco showed his face. So we turned it off and no, we were like, wait, and, then, and then you saw, and then you saw 17 again. So we put 17 again on afterwards. I, I think do not Tim, remember warm bodies being a part of this equation. I know happy Gilmore was at one point. I could believe that warm bodies was in there. Tim, I believe you also told me it wasn't necessarily, I was uncomfortable by James Franco's face. I just sat there the first 10 minutes going, huh? Don't remember this. Huh? Don't remember this. And then after ten minutes, I loudly announced to the room, "Guys, I don't think I've actually seen Pineapple Express." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I was like, I was, I was so sure I had seen it before, and then I'm watching it, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this movie about? What are we talking about?" Lisa Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> this is why I like the matinee format. We can go on tangents like that. I thought the trailer was dripping full of style. I thought it looked cute. I like horror rom-coms, movies that are horrific, that are romantic, and that are funny. Uh, there aren't a lot of movies that fit that criteria. You got a lot of horror comedies. Uh, you don't have a lot of horror comedies that are also romantic in nature because a lot of horror directors are cowards, uh, in my opinion, and they make horror movies to hide their true fears, which is that of intimacy and uh, commitment. Um Austin's you, face is killing me. <laughs> you hear that, Ari Aster? You hear that, Robert Eggers? Oh, you, uh, listen, Robert Eggers, <laughs> nah, he's good. Ari Aster, I think, is scared of sex. <laughs> I mean, ha have you seen the guy? The man looks like Ned Flanders. Of course he's scared I, I, of sex. I legitimately believe he is scared of sex. Um, <laughs> like, I think that scene in Bo is afraid where he fucks the lady to death. He's afraid that's going to happen. So, anyway. Um, Happened to my buddy Eric. Uh, that's true. So, spoilers for Bo's Afraid, I guess. Um, I was excited for the movie. I thought it was dripping in style. Diablo Cody is also one of my favorite screenwriters. I think she is a fucking brilliant screenwriter. Juno is fantastic. Jennifer's Body is fantastic. Uh, Young Adult is fantastic. Every movie she has written, even if the final product isn't the best, it always has an incredibly strong screenplay that is original with gripping dialogue and, 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 and just inventive. Um, and I was curious because of Zelda Williams, too. But what did I think of the movie overall? We'll find out briefly. We got to get through everyone else's thoughts first. We're going to start with Tim. Yeah. Um, so uh, I actually forgot to mention this in my expectations. Uh, Joe said he wasn't uh, super excited about Zelda Williams as a director. Actually, that was sort of my selling point uh, because I'd been familiar with her for a little while, uh, mostly because she played Kuvira in season four of The Legend of Korra. Um, but like I'd, I'd seen that her online presence. That was her. Oh shit! I didn't know that. <laughs> this is news yeah. to me too. But yeah, I'd, I'd been aware of her online presence for a while, and I was just excited to see what she would do as a director. And uh, I think this is a solid start. Uh, this was a this is a very fun movie. Um, 
like I was saying before, very, very stylish. Um, just, just love everything she's doing with like, um, uh, the, the lighting, the cinematography. Um, there's just a lot of flair on the screen. It's very, uh, honest about itself and very fun. Uh, there's a lot of great humor. Uh, the, the bit with, uh, the stepmom having all of the precious moments was very funny to me because my mom has several precious moment figurines. So I'm just like, yeah, uh, that, that, that was a good bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very fun movie. Um, I'm running out of steam. I watched this movie like two weeks ago, so I'll, I'll come back to it, uh, in general discussion. Back to you, Tanner. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, let's go to a person who uh, awkwardly beckoned me over with a microphone moments before I saw this mo- movie. Uh, Joseph Rennick, what did you think? I've never, I've, I don't think I've ever called you Joseph Rennick before. That's funny. Uh, Joe, what did you think of Lisa Frankenstein? Be- beckon? Firstly, what do you mean by I beckoned you, were you with a mic? You doing trivia, and I walked into the theater, and you're like, Tanner... Oh. oh, okay. Hold on. So that actually deserve that 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 uh, I'm gonna give some context to that. Um, so I host trivia over at the Alamo Draft House, mm-hmm. and uh, the day that Tanner saw Lisa Frankenstein, it happened to be Valentine's Day. We're doing we were doing rom com trivia, um, and I know T- T- Tanner's he, he's not been feeling the best emotionally lately. Um, and I knew at the time uh, we were showing Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> Um, so oh, you were scared. I, you were worried I was going to do that. So I, so I see Tanner walking in around the time that this movie's fucking starting, and I call him over the microphone. And I'm like, Tanner, get your butt over here. <laughs> and that that's the reason why I asked what you were seeing. I was just like, What are you seeing? And he's only Lisa Frankenstein. And I'm like, Okay, because uh, like, okay, acceptable answer. Have a good day. Wait, um, wait, what if was you, your plan? If I said Eternal Sunshine, if you said Eternal Sunshine, I would have spoken into the microphone just so that I like I would literally embarrass you by doing this. I'd be like, "Go refund your ticket right now. You are in no condition to see this movie. You're playing trivia with us." Wow. <laughs> I, I I would have stopped you. I would have prevented my work from like taking your money. And I would give you your money back just to make sure that you were emotionally okay. See, see, it's funny you do that because last year on Valentine's Day, I did see Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind at the Alamo, which I don't regret. I did feel a little shitty being in a theater full of couples, feeling like the only single person there. Uh, But I wasn't mending complicated feelings at that time uh, like I am. I was then. So, uh, thank you for caring enough to try and stop me. But no, I just saw Lisa Frey. I, that's funny. I didn't know that. I forgot you guys were playing that. That's yeah, funny. No, I, yeah, no, I had to stop you if that was what your plan was. That, that's why I called you over. Wow. And also, I just wanted to be funny. So, anyway, Lisa Frankenstein. Uh, re- really good fucking movie. <clears throat> um, I'm going to throw my one gripe that I have with this movie just right out of the gate. And it's the most minor fucking thing. So there's a character in this movie uh, who kind of comes off as an, uh, like an antagonist character. She spikes Lisa's drink at the very beginning of the movie, comes off as antagonistic in one other scene. Mm-hmm. And then they have the scene in the principal's office and they have like their back and forth. 
And then she doesn't fucking show up for the rest of the movie. Her arc isn't resolved at all. She's just fucking gone. Yeah. Um, wh- what the fuck happened to this character? Why isn't that resolved? Oh, whatever. Doesn't matter. Minor character. Who gives a shit? Uh, found out recently that that uh, actress was uh, the one, one of the bully characters from Halloween Ends. The one that's like, guys, I think we're being a little too hard on this guy. Really? The, the, oh. Yeah, the, the one... The one that gets the most brutal death in that movie yeah. uh, out of those bully characters. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's her. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, movie good. I, I, I can kind of touch briefly on how I felt about Zelda Williams as a director, and I think she shows a lot of promise. Uh, I definitely think with a bigger budget, um, she's going to go far uh, whenever mm. she does get that bigger budget. Um she definitely knows how to use the camera comedically. There's a lot of really good frames in this. Like she knows when to move it, when to hold it still. Absolutely perfect for comedy. So, good job, Zelda. Let's uh, let, let's see what you do next. Uh, the fucking screenplay of this is perfect. Uh, you get like really relatable characters, uh, really believable antagonists. Uh, the fucking stepmother. Honestly, a lot of Lisa's family, I, I can attribute to my family, because, um, yeah, they're not the best, <laughs> um, and I've definitely had things said specifically by the stepmother, um, said to me directly, um, which in turn made the Lisa character very l- relatable for me. Um, as always, uh, her Diablo Cody's way with dialogue is... Uh, very unique and honestly like really makes it stand out uh Catherine newton in this is this is probably the role of her career right now yeah uh i mean it's uh this uh, i'm at a loss for words right now and i'm stumbling over them uh Catherine newton Catherine newton good in the role um it's like listen uh listen ungodly attractive woman uh, so it's like you have to really like play it to uh, make me believe that she can play an awkward character and she does it like she is ungodly awkward, but also relatable and it doesn't feel fake at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fucking fucking a uh, Cole Sprouse. Very fun. Uh, mostly silent. I, I, I don't want to say it's silent because he, he does grunt. Uh, <laughs> but um like he's really good a lot of his acting is more physical than it is vocal so like he's he really has to work hard to make that role work uh, uh just just to go off that i do like the little thing that they had in the alamo um like no talk no text bit where uh, it's them um uh, catherine newton and uh, cole sprouse oh this is doing so it. funny and uh cole says something that she's just like you can talk you were silent the entire shoot. <laughs> yeah, the the honestly, all of the stuff that they did for Alamo Draft House for Lisa Frankenstein ruled. Uh, uh, the, which man, the comparisons that you can make to Edward Scissorhands and Weird Science, mm. uh, definitely intentional. She very obviously states that those two were influences on this movie, and yeah, no, it really shows. Uh, I should let someone else talk. I'm not going to hog the mic for much longer. So, uh, movie good. Movie really good. My favorite of the year so far. Uh, I, I like Drive Away Dolls. Maybe not as much as this, though. Back to you, Tanner. Uh, 
Thank you. Uh, all right. Now, uh, the person who I'm actually really excited to hear talk about it, because if I remember correctly, I think this person gave this movie four and a half stars on Letterboxd, which is something he does not often do. So, uh, Rain, if you would please take it away. Yes, I shall. Um, yeah, normally, my, one of my, I don't know, it's probably an autism thing. I just, I really like, I, I take sorting and organizing stuff too seriously. And with Letterboxd, um, I, I, t I'm, I'm a little too, I take that stuff a little too seriously where I, I don't like, um, like, it's like the IGN school of, um, grading some, grading, um, a movie where it's like, or a piece of media where it's like, 10 is it's good, 9 is it's pretty good, 8 is it's okay, stuff like that. Um, I'm like the opposite where I'm like, I treat it like a bell curve where it's like, 5 is, is okay, 6 is pretty good, and then like, 10 is like, once you get to like 10, it's like 0.1% of movies in my head. It's like, you, you have to be, has to be the best mm -hmm. perfect thing ever. Um, to be honest, I was probably a little, and yeah, I give this like a 9 out of 10, which I very rarely do. Um... I don't know. To be honest, maybe I was just being more uh, easygoing with this one, but I, I don't know. I just think stylistically, I think the two things that really made me um, adore this one is that stylistically, I think it's very, um, it's just very memorable, very strong. Everything cohesives together, and then, um, or yeah, it's just like there's other than um, Joe did make a good point, like how she is like she's a big enough character that um, um, the kind of bully character, like she's a big enough character that there probably should there should be a better payoff, but um, I don't know. I I feel like it's pretty much a perfect script. I feel like it, or very airtight. Um, hey, everything it sets has to do, I think it just does very well, and it, it was very heartwarming. It made me feel feelings. Um, the common complaint when we're talking about Marvel movies, I think I've been on most of the Marvel movie reviews here. Um, yeah, I like, I like pretty much all of them, but like they make me, they don't, I don't feel emotions really. I'll feel like diet emotions is the term I coined for Marvel movies and stuff like that. But I feel actual emotions watching this. Very. A lot of actual emotions. It was great. Um, the yeah, Diablo Cody. Um, I guess I would describe her her scripts now. That I've finally um, seen more than one of her movies. She's a part of um, very very loud and and um, in your face, but in like a good way um, with like her style and all that. Uh, everyone's you know that's been commented. F I know from with like Juno and all that, but um, like not not, not like to it a not to like a um, distracting degree where it's like pulling yourself out of the movie like it um it's very much you, it helps i don't know it, it feels it all feels like you know one um just you know it all feels like one part one it feels it, it all feels fitting it doesn't take you out of the movie at all um every character very well defined great dialogue very hilarious time um and then i won't get into this too much because i remember I, when i read tanner's review he he goes into this a bit but um again with autism I did, um, I did really, I think that also helps relate to the main guy, um, mm. main zombie boy. Um, definitely, d does definitely feel autistic coded a bit. Or, or we're just, um, or we're just reading into it too much. But probably not. Um, yeah, this is a very cute movie. And I guess also another thing that helps me extra appreciate this was that, um, my girlfriend, I think she related a lot to the main character in particular. Like, it definitely felt like, oh, this is, was this, am I looking at you in high school right now? Um, which added a bit, a bit to it. Um, and yeah, no, it's just, it's hard. To, I don't know. It's, it's, um, I guess in like the short version is it's a very cute movie. Um, and it's very great. At be it's very good at being a very cute movie. That is why I like it as much as I do. All right. I'm probably done. So back to you, Tanner. 
we'll get more into it in general discussion. Um, I'm glad, though, Rain, that I'm not the only one that picked up on that, even if it's not intentional from the writer and director. At least I'm not the only one picking up that type of characterization out of the monster character. Austin, your time to shine. The man that was almost not on this episode, but is. I, I think two of the Diablo Codyisms that stuck out for this movie, like in my memory after my first viewing a couple weeks ago, was uh, when uh, she's so showing the zombie, like the radio, and she's like, oh, that's the station that Taffy listens to. It's for beer sluts. And just the word beer sluts hit me like a fucking train. And then um, <laughs> when she's yelling at sort of the cool boy who, you know, has uh, wronged her in such a way that's relevant to the plot, and she's like, you want to be the one in the relationship who likes cool things. You couldn't handle dating someone who also likes cool things. I love that little speech. I hope that people <laughs> use it. Uh, am I alone in thinking that, like, whoa, boy, that's a really surprising PG-13? Uh, like, oh, yeah. The ear. Uh, I was convinced walking scene, out yeah. that it was R. Right! Yeah. I had to, I had to like, ask Cody, just like, was that PG-13 or was that R? I couldn't tell for sure. <laughs> That I, is a hard PG-13. I went and checked my phone after the scene where they fucking cut off the mom's ear. I was like, this is R, right? This is a... No! Uh, the, the fucking ear gets cut off. The hand gets chopped off, held up in frame. But most importantly, a dude gets castrated with a fucking axe in this movie! In slow motion! <laughs> this movie is like the opposite of that time that David Lynch's daughter got hit with like a fucking NC-17 because her movie had one throat slitting scene, came out around the same time as Sweeney Todd 2, which effortlessly got an R rating. Very funny bit of history. Clearly the MPAA has more fondness for the spawn of Robin Williams than the daughter of David Lynch. Uh, very happily surprised they got away with what they did in this film. As far as, like, the horror elements go. Boys, I gotta make a confession. Before this oh. movie, I generally had a negative impression of Catherine Newton. I just remember watching her, like, her line reads in Quantumania and thinking, holy shit, out of all the bad stuff that's going on right now, she's easily the worst part. Like, close your fucking mouth, you're gonna accidentally eat dust or something. Now, I don't know if that's a fair assessment because I haven't seen Freaky, I haven't seen Blockers, and I haven't seen Paranormal Activity 4 since that time it won the Golden Palm at Con. But I could tell from the trailers that that big red wig 1980s Catherine Newton was 100% my fucking jam. Her transition from, like, quiet, traumatized weirdo into overdramatic serial killer GF was positively delightful. Her sister Taffy and the undead guy gave it even better performances than she did, but it's like the Margot Robbie and Barbie effect, where she deserves a lot of credit for giving them something consistently nice to orbit around. Commenting on the movie as a whole, I am shocked and enraged that it's cold in the ground with a measly 51% critic score. Uh, right? But then again, I'm yeah, like- Yeah, this is the most baffling critic's reaction I've had in a while. I like critics like any fucking bullshit slop you throw at them nowadays because they'll give anyone a tomato meter as long as they have a pulse. And this has a 51%. I hate to say it. The only explanation to me has to be misogyny or something. Like, I can't comprehend it. I, I, I'm sorry. Did did they give Quantumania like... No, that has like uh, a 47 or something. It's worse. Okay, so <gasps> that... Okay, so, um, but like there, there, there have been like significantly like worse Marvel movies 
that have not gotten like a rotten rating and have been certified fresh and what what the fuck come on like th- this this is better than like half the marvel movies uh, maybe even more hold on what the fuck captain marvel rotten tomatoes that's one the captain oh. marvel the first one's in like the 70s 79 percent uh hey fuck i em. like that movie I'm glad there's one. I'm glad there's one of you out there. There's at least one of you. <laughs> uh, I was like an, a moth to the flame with this movie. Uh, this movie checks some very obvious, like, yes, I went to film school boxes. Here are some examples. Allusions to George Millier's A Trip to the Moon. Uh, G- yeah. G.W. Pabst jokes. I was, I, when that joke hit, I was looking around. I was like, no one here. I, lo- I, I, went, I, I was the only person in my theater that laughed at that joke. <laughs> uh, German expressionist sequence. And unlike the unbearable weight of massive talent, they actually kept it in the finished movie. Uh, character in the film who can't deliver dialogue and has to rely on straight acting. Rocky Horror Picture Show reference. Uh, freakish. Damn it, Janet! Yeah! A freakishly expensive pop song, Needle Drops, that probably ate up a lot of this movie's $13.4 million budget. Uh, wonky-looking animated sequences. A first-person POV sequence where somebody's on drugs. Love that generic ghosting effect they always do. Lots of gels. Tim brought this up. So much fucking colored lighting. And the biggest film school win of all, Diablo Cody. (laughs) So, naturally... (laughs) I was absolutely enchanted with this whole thing, and I absolutely can't wait for it to come out on VOD so I can watch it again with subtitles. Uh, A win for Diablo Cody and Zelda Williams is a win for film people in general. And although I only briefly touched on this earlier, I personally thought Cole Sprouse was absolute dynamite in this. He has grown into a talented performer, and it's always nice to see former Disney Channel stars move towards greener pastures. But now that I'm, like, here basking in this movie's weird neon afterglow, the last real question on my mind is, are actual teenagers going to love this as much as I do? Or is this just a movie about teenagers that's actually for people who grew up watching Juno? Either way that that coin falls, I had a fucking great time. Back to you, Tanner. It's like it's like young adult novels that are written for people that are 29 and are emotionally stunted. Except this movie's cool. Um... Makes me feel, feel like guilty. I just I feel like there's definitely someone in my audience that's very angry at what I just said. Um, you bringing up Cole Sprouse and his performance in this movie, I can't keep it in any longer. Guys, we're all aware this is the second time Cole Sprouse has played a character named Frankenstein, right? Hey, there we go. What was the other time? Tim gets what I'm going at. Big Daddy. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> Cause he's the kid in Big Daddy. Remember how it would like the like kid would like what do you want to be? What whatever name you want? He's like Frankenstein. I'm gonna be called yep. the Joker. <laughs> Austin's like, how do we bring up Big Daddy? <laughs> Austin's sitting here thinking, thank God I don't edit this shit anymore. I don't need to download a copy of Big Daddy tonight. Rock and roll. <laughs> um, I, I, I've been holding that in. Let's get right into it. Um, this is by far my favorite movie of the year so far. And it would not surprise me if it's still in my top 10 by the year's end. I think it is absolutely dripping in style. In style that is not lacking in substance. It's absolutely backed by substance. The characters, despite a lot of them feeling very stereotypical, also feel very real. Uh, these feel like very real people, even the stereotypical ones. For example, the sister-in-law character, or sister, sister, no, stepsister? Stepsister. stepsister. stepsister yeah. The stepsister character 
in the movie being like actually a cool person like a little airheaded maybe but genuinely like caring and wanting to help her new sister and make her feel accepted kind of really awesome and sweet um and it's stuff like that i really appreciate the stepmom character sure kind of a stereotypical evil one but the actress plays it to perfection the set design is so incredible every shot is dripping in style from the camera work to the just the way the set the shots are lit from the way they're set up uh, I'm shocked that it's PG-13. It's a hard PG-13. I think the jokes really land. I think it's nice that for the most part, every single person that gets like killed in this movie deserved it. You got the evil mm -hmm. stepmom. You got the rapist. And worst of all, you have the cop. So... <laughs> um, am I forgetting anyone? Oh, uh, the boyfriend. Yeah, he kind of sucked. We all know like the deep, the deep indie guy who's just trying to, wants to go after kind of like Dumb she wants to he wants to go after a type of girl that has the aesthetic of a girl that is into the same things he is but he doesn't actually want her to be in the same thing he is because fundamentally he needs to be cool the media mm. he consumes is the only facet of his personality that makes him human and if uh, someone else has that then it, it, it breaks him we've all met a person like that before so the things that really stood out to me in this movie, though, of course, Zelda Williams' direction is A1. I think she absolutely knocked that out of the fucking part for a directorial debut. Holy shit. I can't wait to see what she does next. If this movie only cost, only cost $13 million, and it, it looks like this, I can't wait to see what she does with like 50, 100, $150 million. Um, Diablo Cody, um... It might be the recency bias in me. I won't lie. I am borderline wanting to say this is my favorite screenplay of hers ever. It's probably recency bias because it's hard to beat Juno, but I think it's very close to quality to Juno for me. Um, I think it's definitely the same tier. It's definitely that upper tier for Diablo Cody. When everything you made is gold, you know, you have like your gold gold and then your normal gold. And this is gold gold. The acting in this movie is incredible. This is, as we've all said... I have not been too impressed with Catherine Newton's work up to this point. I don't really blame her for whatever happened in Quantumanium. Um, I don't believe that movie had a script. I believe she was fed her line seconds before action was yelled. Um, I say that as someone that actually liked that fucking movie. I, I don't know why I like that movie. I just know that when I watch it, I have a good time. And then afterwards, it feels like my brain got smaller. Um, they did the Ant-Man shrink way on my brain. Tanner, remember, it's the Kang gangbang. The Kang Gang Bang! Um, Even though, man, that scene is aged so goddamn horribly. Let's not talk about that. Remember <laughs> in uh, Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumanium where I'm obviously horny for Jonathan Majors? Man, that aged really poorly within, like, less than a month. That, um, whole, ep that whole episode aged like milk. Everything about that. Throw it out. Jesus Christ. Anyway, Catherine Noonan's incredible here. Cole Sprouse is incredible here. Cole Sprouse, honestly, to me, was the standout performance of the movie. Not that Catherine Newton wasn't great because she was fantastic, but Cole Sprouse is able to do and convey so fucking much without even having a single line of dialogue. Um, that is not easy to do, especially when in the early stages of this movie, he is limited in what he can do physically because he has to do this whole, like, I'm still learning how my body works again thing. I'm missing a hand. I'm missing an ear. I'm missing a penis. You know, so it's absolutely uh, incredible what he's able to achieve here. I've always believed uh, Cole Sprouse and uh, Dylan. Dylan. Uh, they're both talented performers in their own right, but this is a 
truly i have never seen work by either of them that has impressed me like this one did and this one truly truly impressed me the acting was incredible and as rain alluded to earlier uh the primary thing about this is um let me put it this way so as joe mentioned i saw this movie on valentine's day um knowing that it was at least in some nature romantic um i don't want to get into it too much but let's just say i've um the past two years Two and a half years or so, uh, I have had a uh, difficult time with this whole dating thing. Uh, I've been ghosted a lot. I have met really cool people that didn't quite feel the same way a lot. Um, and it um, can get really draining, especially when, admittedly, as a person with autism, sometimes I feel like I'm fundamentally not compatible with what a romantic relationship is supposed to be, uh, especially when you grow up having self-esteem issues in large part due to your autism. Cole Sprouse's character in this movie, to me, felt autistic. Uh, Rain picked up on it too, so it wasn't just me. I think I heard Tim agreeing with Rain, so maybe Tim kind of picked up on that too, or yeah, is just I mean, hearing it, it and yeah. he's like, yeah, I, I feel that. Uh, to me, Cole Sprouse's character read very autistic with like his difficulty reading social cues, his clear special interests and in stuff like music, the piano. Um, his sort of like single track mindedness, his, um, very literal interpretations of most things being said to him. It, to me, read as autistic. I don't know if that type of interpretation was maybe intended by the writer and director or not. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever know unless I break into Diablo Cody's home and ask, but unfortunately she has a restraining order against me. I've already done that seven times. Um, <laughs> um, to see a character like that, uh, essentially be his authentic self and find a meaningful relationship in the end uh, to me was really beautiful um, and it meant a lot to me to be able to see that on Valentine's Day a day that quite frankly let's be honest for a lot of people if you're single that day can fucking suck really meant a lot to me and I think one of the most deeply heart-wrenchingly romantic things I have seen in a movie recently is uh when Lisa, you know, goes to off herself in the tanning bed and she leaves a note yeah. for the creature that says, death is temporary, love is forever. Oh, God. Um, yeah, uh, that got me. That got me really bad. I think that is one of the most beautifully romantic things I have ever seen in a movie. You know, death is temporary, love is forever. We often talk about death as this forever thing once you're dead it's over so to just 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 power there's so much power in just saying death is temporary alone but death is temporary love is forever love being to me the most unique thing about humanity that has always been my fundamental belief that love whether it is romantic familial or friendly platonic whatever the type of love you have is i find to be the most unique thing uh about humanity you 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 can't measure it it is uniquely human and uh, something, something, rest of the interstellar script. Um, but um, <laughs> they, um, they do. I think that was a beautiful statement on love. I think it's a beautiful movie. I think it's a very romantic movie. I think it's a really funny movie. Uh, I can't get in enough into how fucking funny this goddamn movie is. It's hilarious. Even the emotional scenes have humor in it sometimes. Uh, Catherine Newton's line delivery of, not here. First, we have to hide the body. Is so good. Um, love this movie to bits. I gave it five stars. I don't care. Ten out of ten. Five out of five. It's a beautiful movie. Beautiful picture.
but I got some other stuff to say, including something I am going to start general discussion off with. So we'll get into that after a brief commercial break. Welcome back from that commercial break for another commercial break. You see that? You see that shit right there? That palette right there? Uh, Punch Drunk Glove movie palette. Go to moviepalette.com. It has a bunch of little slices of the colors of the movie. You switch together. It looks cool. It can look cool on minimalist space. It can look cool in maximalist space. It somehow fits next to pop figures, which is either a compliment or an insult, depending on the type of person you are. Um, but before you check out, enter the code SQUAD15 in order to save 15% on your order. Now back to the show. So here's the thing that's been on my mind. A lot of this movie takes place at night, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about, uh, clearly Zelda Williams must be one of the greatest living directors because unlike half of the fucking schlock that Hollywood is putting out nowadays, I can actually see what's going on during the night scenes? When's the mm -hmm. last time a movie fucking did that, huh? It's like ever since Sicario came out, it's like you can't see shit in dark scenes anymore. Instead of using only one condor, they used ten condors. They rented so many condors to put their 12Ks on. For this and the crazy movie. thing is, you can still tell that it's nighttime. It's they, almost they, like I'm not stupid. They, they had only ten days for those condors. Zelda Williams did it. She invented visible night shooting. It's crazy that it didn't exist before this movie. <laughs> yeah, every movie's been that one episode of Game of Thrones until now. So, okay, we want to talk about Dark Shot. I recently watched the Percy Jackson TV show, uh, which I did enjoy despite my issues with it. Uh, one of my biggest issues of it being, though, oh my god, every time there's a scene that takes place at night, they legitimately do not use lights. It's insane. It's always so goddamn dark. Every shot is so dark. Like, every, a scene will be lit by, like, a single car headlight. Like, you know, a very focused beam of light, and that's supposed to be sufficient lighting. And it, I'll just be sitting here with my TV being like, damn, I can't tell what the fuck's going on. That sounds like ass. Thank God that Zelda Williams is such a good director. Right, Rain? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I did want to, um, I did want to include that, um... Yeah, no, great uh, directorial feature from her. And something I think that's um, really, I really appreciate is um, she clearly did a great job directing all the actors because, um, like you all said, the main lady, um, she did a great job, um, surprisingly good. Cause, yeah, I thought she was pretty forgettable in Quantumania, but um, here she really brought it, as did everyone else. So I feel like at least part of that is them being, is their talent, but also Zelda being um, a very strong um, director of actors, I have to imagine. And on top of that, also they're a very strongly stylistic director. That's um, it, get your get yourself a director that can do both. That's not a it's not an easy feat. I feel like um, someone can excel at both of those. Um, usually, usually a director to like specs into one of those. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, she she's so good. Y you know, we we were talking about how Zelda Williams uh, invented uh, clear night sh uh, night scene shooting and how you can see things in the dark. Want to know what Zelda Williams also invented? The weird artsy dream sequence that isn't pretentious as fuck, um, and actually like has purpose in the story, and is also like you can explain as to why it's happening. Mm -hmm. Hey, Rob Zombie, can you might want to take some fucking notes, you hack? David Lynch, take some notes, you hack. <laughs> no, hold no, on, da hold on, no. Hold on. David, David Lynch, Lynch gets it. It's okay. 
Yeah, David Lynch gets a pass because usually he either knows what the fuck he's doing or he is being weird and it's intentional to set a mood. Here's the thing about when Rob Zombie does it. It's like specifically in Halloween 2 or H2, whatever the fuck that asshole wants to call that movie. It's literally like only because Rob Zombie doesn't know how to direct anything other than a music video and he just throws it in for the sake of like looking smart even though it has no substance, no style, and it just looks like crap. You could honestly mistake it for some crappy student art film. Uh, Rob Zombie should take a filmmaking course because he he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Uh, And I say this as someone uh, who consistently gets told that I like Grindhouse movies and that people are shocked that I don't like Rob Zombie's movies. Yeah, I don't like Rob Zombie's movies. That's not what I'm reacting to. Sorry. You're good. So what's your reacting to, Tanner? I just put something together in my head. The cops in this movie. The cops, yes. Officer John. Oh. And Officer Waters. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that just just clicked in my head. That's kind of fucking incredible, right? That is incredible. John Waters. Holy shit. Uh, That's not even the most obvious reference in the movie. Did you remember the, the fucking rainbow suspenders at the end? Oh, yep. yeah. Mork for Mork, You know, right? Mork. Yeah. Robin, Robin, one of Robin's most famous characters. Nanu Nanu or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can say that anymore. There was a there was a reference that I thought was kind of nice. Tanner, you just went on about like the note that, uh, you know, dying is temporary and love is forever. And then afterwards, we finally get to hear Cole Sprouse actually talking, which was nice mm-hmm. and cathartic. I thought they were going to pull a John Woo silent night and he never got to speak. So I was really satisfied. Uh, apparently, the poem he was reading was a Percy Shelley poem? Like 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 a poem right. a poem that Percy Shelley wrote to Mary Shelley. Uh Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein, the one who started this whole thing. And Remember, uh, women helped invent sci-fi. And per- it's true. Percy Shelley was her her tragic husband. Believe it or not, the fa- very famous poet poet who wrote the Ozymandias poem? Like, if you've ever read Watchmen, Mary Shelley's husband is the one who wrote uh, King of Kings, all that shit. You know the Ozymandias poem. Uh, I know it most famously because it was used in a promotional material for the last half of the final season of Breaking Bad. Look on my works, ye mighty in despair. And uh, Tim, Tim knows the ad I'm talking about. Percy Shelley also, like, died tragically, I think, in his late 20s, and Mary had to go on the rest of her life without him. So it was just sort of this nice illusion, this sort of like, you know, love conquering all throughout, you know, like past the sea of time and everything. It's making this kind of funny Frankenstein adaptation where it ends with a Percy, Percy Shelley poem being read to the sort of like, you know, this Frankensteinist character. It was it was beautiful in a way. Very, very clever screenwriting there. I liked it. it it's incredibly lovely. Yeah, that Percy Shelley, a man that died tragically young, and Mary Frankenstein, a woman that I, I think had a fairly long life, uh, at least for the era, but still died over 150 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that is a remark, something that is like an adaptation of a remix of an adaptation of of Mary's work features a poem by her husband that died tragically. There is, I'm doing a long-winded way of saying the exact same thing you're saying, Austin. I'm just trying to say I agree, and there is something beautiful about that, how love truly is eternal. If 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 it's meant to last, if it's going to be, it's it will find a way to fight through time and space to remind you through the whispers of it that it still exists. 
Something's I I legitimately feel like I'm saying cut lines from the script for Interstellar right now. Love God, I should watch Interstellar. Tanner, I'm not gonna lie, I was half expecting you to make an Eternals joke. Uh I like Eternals. Good movie. Uh hot take, wrong best movie of that year for me. Uh in hindsight, I should have said tick tick boom. How the hell did Lisa's dad pull Lisa's stepmom? How'd he do that? <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, you know that's the thing. It's like you, it's like that guy, it, it, the the dad from Stranger Things. It's like the, in in Stranger Things, he's married to Cara Volano, and this he's married to Carla Gugino. Like re- really interesting named ladies, but also like really beautiful women too. And then you look at this guy, and he's just like the biggest stick in the mud. <laughs> Women like you know. Men. Don't I'm gonna say this. You know, I'm gonna say <laughs> this. Don't get me wrong. That that actor, like he plays that particular role, like really goddamn well. I mean, he's made a living off of it. Four seasons of Stranger Things. Now this. Honestly, if he just plays that character for the rest of his life, I, I think I'm gonna be okay with it because he plays it really well, mm-hmm. um, and he's always funny. Like, in, like, the most deadpan of ways. Um, it, it's funnier when he gets to be a dick, though. I will say that. Um, and I think Lisa Frankenstein was missing that. He, he wasn't as big of a dick. Speaking of the the, the whole family thing, uh, one of the bits that I thought was very funny was um, when they realize that the mom is missing and they're, like, calling the police and giving all these, like, super specific descriptions uh, just like a, she has brown eyes with green contact lenses. Just all, <laughs> all of that shit. All right. A uh, couple questions. I'm, I'm going to throw these out here. Uh, is this the best use of uh, Can't Fight This Feeling any, Anymore by Ario Speedwagon? It I, might incl- be. I'm inclined to believe that it is uh, because what's the competition? I mean, it Horton played Here's once. a Who? I was going to say, it played once in the movie Air. The ending of Horton Hears a Who. Which, okay, I mean, but now that I think dumb. about it, the ending of Horton Hears the Who is to me the best part of the movie. Horton Hears a Who. It's really the only memorable part of that movie. I I'm like it lie. when movies and TV shows have a bunch of characters break out into song out of nowhere. Um, but it's like, but it's not like in a musical way. It's in like just like an organic in universe way. Yeah. And and they do it in a really fun way in this movie too, twice where it's like they play it on the piano. Catherine Newton cannot sing for shit, but that's kind of the fun of it because she's like really getting into it. I can't um, this and then they anymore. and then they bring it back at the end, and it's a cover by JoJo, who has been making her comeback somewhat recently, which fucking rules. Uh, I guess JoJo's with... bizarre adventure. No, not that JoJo. To be continued. No, uh, I, I guess she's been friends with Zelda Williams forever because uh, Robin Williams was an RV and so was JoJo. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, I, not I guess, RV, like, not again. <laughs> we're bringing RV back, baby. Um, but yeah, no, uh, she's been on the up and up, and I guess she got invited to do a cover for the movie, and it fucking rules. Uh, lot, lots, of, uh, lot, lots of big names in this. Uh, lo- lots of interesting actors too. Uh, I failed to mention the other reason why I was excited for this movie because uh, Jenna Davis plays a small part in this, and we all know Jenna Davis. She she's like one half of Megan. We 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 stand Megan in this house. One last question. Okay. 
the sex scene at the end, does that count as necrophilia? Yeah. Austin, what are your final thoughts on the movie? <laughs> this is a classic case of releasing the right movie at the wrong time. And I am forever blaming Focus Features for fucking this up. If Lisa Frankenstein had come out around Halloween, this movie would have made mm-hmm. one billion domestic. Two billion international. Zelda, you got absolutely robbed. Back to you, Tanner. Uh, you want to talk about Focus Features fucking up a release of a movie? What about the fact that they delayed uh, drive-away dolls from September all the way to February because they couldn't get promo because the actors were on strike and then they proceeded to not properly promote the movie the thing wasn't winning drive away dolls is great second favorite movie of the year love drive away dolls fantastic uh ethan cohen best cohen joe final thoughts uh movie fucking rules uh so far my favorite movie of the year uh i wish i had more to say because uh but we we gotta wrap this bad boy up so i'm just gonna leave it at movie good uh, very good uh, gateway horror movie. If you've got teenagers uh, that are like your siblings or your cousins or whatever, and you want to get them into horror, I'd say this is a good gateway for that. Show them this movie. Good time. Uh, movie good. Back to you, Tanner. Rain, final thoughts? Um, Yeah, it's a very... I, I, don't, I don't really have anything to add. I feel like I've said all there is to say. Um, Great time. I told Damn, you I'd hold your go. hand. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's a great time. Uh, definitely recommend checking it out. Um, see it on a date. See it by yourself. Uh, see it when it comes to video. Um, it's it's one that you're going to have a good time with. Um, Zelda Williams, I'm excited to see what you do next uh, with a bigger budget. Uh, you, yeah, you have some promise, and I'm excited to see what comes next. Back to you, Tanner. See it on a date. See it with a friend. See it by yourself. See it on video. See it with a stranger. Seal it with your kidnapping victim. And, See it uh, with from, your cat. Yeah, that too. Uh, Love the movie. It's my favorite movie of the year so far. Five stars. Brilliant work. Zelda Williams, you have so much potential as a director. Catherine Noonan, I hope you're given more sort of weird off-the-wall roles like this one in the future. Uh, but more than anything, Cole Sprouse, thank you for your wonderful performance. Um... I feel like because of the nature of your performance, you're probably not going to be given many flowers, but trust me, you deserve all of them. That's all the time we have for this episode of Bomb Squad Matinee, so thank you very much for tuning in. If you're listening on any of the audio platforms we're on, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. How about you mosey on down over to our Patreon, throw a couple bucks our way. It would mean a lot to us. Tim's very hungry. Please give him money. Um, <laughs> um, put food in mouth. Put food in mouth. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you again oh so very much for watching. Go down in the comment section below and let me know what do you think of Lisa Frankenstein? Uh, what do you think of Zelda Williams' potential as a director beyond this? What's your favorite Diablo Cody script? Uh, what's your uh, favorite Cannon Noonan performance? And uh, finally, um, holy shit, it was crazy when that guy's dick got chopped off, right? Crazy, right? Yep. Comment below and let me know. And while you're down there, hit the like button so you know how much you like us. Hit the subscribe button so you know how much you love us and hit the bell icons so you know exactly when we upload new videos tune in next week for drive away dolls we'll see you then bye if you say tully is your favorite diablo cody script in the uh in the comments i'm gonna call you a liar <laughs>